my advice to my Democratic friends is go to Amazon online, buy Spine, and do it. But go hard or go home. <laughs> yes, please do. Why does it take a Republican to say that? No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK. 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 in Santa Barbara. 93.7 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, Eureka's, KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York on WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Goldendale, Washington's KVGD, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. And, yes, we do stream coast-to-coast and around the globe on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth, five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, And all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com, trying to see my notes here as a a light bulb just went off here in the studio. Desi Doyen, is that a bad omen or a good (laughs) omen? I'm not sure. You'll have to bring the light yourself. (laughs) Oh, oh, then then we are in big trouble. Uh, Welcome to the show. Glad you could join us here today. Uh, We are live in our KPFK studios here in beautiful somewhere in Hollywood. North Hollywood? Yes, this Is would be North Hollywood. I never know. I never know. It's good to be back. Uh, we have been uh, away from the studio for a while during the fun drive over the past few weeks, the spring fun drive. My thanks to those of you who helped support KPFK and keep independent, commercial-free, corporate-free uh, radio on your public airwaves. So thanks to uh, all of you. We have spent a lot of the past week, however, on this program talking about the need for impeachment of the president of the United States, particularly following special counsel Robert Mueller's statement last week clarifying that he was unable to bring indictments against the president due to the Department of Justice's ridiculous and constitutionally incorrect policy Uh, finding that a sitting president cannot be indicted. Of course he or she may, but Mueller didn't because of that. Uh, And that's despite all of the many cases of criminal obstruction of justice that Mueller found in his two-year probe as special counsel, in case you haven't heard, because a lot of people, we learned last week, haven't heard 
We'll talk about that in a bit, too. There are now more than 55 U.S. House members calling for an, uh, an official impeachment inquiry to be opened in the House Judiciary Committee. About a dozen of those members are on the Judiciary Committee. And then about a dozen or so of the 2020 Democratic presidential nominations have called for an, an official impeachment inquiry as well. Many of them were uh, out here in California over the weekend at the California State Democratic Party Convention. And all of that, even as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi still says she opposes such an inquiry for some reason, though she does support continued investigation of Donald Trump. Well, uh, as I said, our flagship station here in L.A., uh, KPFK, has been on its spring fun drive for a few weeks until today. So this is my first day I'm actually able to open the phones to check back uh, with listeners to get your thoughts on air on impeachment. I'll try to get to those calls a little bit later, along with uh, your thoughts following the appearance of a bunch of those uh, 2020 Democratic hopefuls out here in California over the weekend for the raucous Democratic State Party convention, where reportedly uh, of those who showed up, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and to a lesser extent, folks like California Senator, Senator uh, Kamala Harris are said to have done well, uh, along with smaller contingencies for guys like uh, Pete Buttigieg and Beto O'Rourke. Some of them were booed off the stage. Well, they didn't go off the stage, but uh, pretty much anyone named John, I think, had a rough time over the weekend. Was it John Hickenlooper? It was booed? John Hickenlooper, the former governor of Colorado, and right. also John Delaney, former representative con congressman from Massachusetts. So uh, apparently no John's welcome at the uh, Democratic party in California. Or at least John's who were saying that you can't have universal health care or it's too expensive or you guys have crazy stuff like that. They or, weren't uh, they weren't big fans of that. Or using uh, f false arguments like we can't save the world with socialism as if someone is calling to, for us to save the world with socialism. Exactly. Uh, anyway, so I will welcome calls on all of that a little bit later at 818-985-5735. If you want to get in line now, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, but first, speaking of elections and just some of the very serious concerns. And I have very serious concerns uh, about the 2020 uh, election. Uh, I hope to get to in more detail in the uh, days and weeks and months ahead. Particularly, I have concerns about Super Tuesday happening out here in California and in about a dozen other states just three days after the South Carolina primary uh, in early March. Uh, let me just say for now, A, if you haven't registered to vote, now is a really good time to register to vote. Do not wait to do so, whether you're in California or anywhere else. But with the new 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems coming here to Los Angeles and the new so-called voting centers, which are going to replace your precincts, your regular precincts that you're used to. You're now going to vote somewhere else at a voting center on these new touchscreen machines, which may or may not work, which may lead a bunch of you to want to uh, cast a hand-marked paper ballot by absentee vote-by-mail. Not a bad idea, except for the fact that in the month leading up to that March 3, Super Tuesday out here, we're going to have the four primaries and caucuses um, 
uh, of course, kicking off the Iowa caucus, then the New Hampshire primary the next week, then Nevada caucus the next week, then South Carolina uh, primary the next week, and then just three days later, it's Super Tuesday. And I'm quite concerned that a lot of people are going to be voting early and a lot of their candidates may be dropping out before we even get to that Super Tuesday election in California and about a dozen other states. We'll be talking about that more uh, in the weeks and months ahead because I am very, very concerned about that. In the meantime, here's something else to be concerned about. Lila May Banks Cockrell. She was born in January of 1922. She served in the Waves Branch uh, of the U.S. Naval Res- Women's Reserve. It's uh, known as WAVES, or Women Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Service. She served in during World War II. She later went on to serve as president of the Dallas and San Antonio chapters, chapters of the League of Women Voters during the 1950s. After serving for a decade on the city council in San Antonio, including her 1969 service as the city's first woman Uh, Mayor Pro Tem, Cockerell was then elected finally in 1975 to become uh, it was the first of four two year terms as the first mayor, first female mayor, I should say, of San Antonio the nation's 10th largest city. At the time of her inauguration, she had the status of being mayor of the largest city that was governed by a woman. Though Lila Cockerell is often cited as the first woman in the U.S. to be elected mayor of a major metropolis. In fact, Bertha Knight Landis was mayor of Seattle for a short time from 1926 to 1928. But Lila Cockrell uh, served four terms as mayor of San Antonio. Her first three terms ran consecutively from 1975 to 1981. At the end of her third term, she decided not to run again because her husband was ill. She was later widowed, and in 1988, she was elected um, to a fourth term as mayor. After retiring from political office, she served on many municipal commissions and civic boards. In 2013, she retired as president of the San Antonio Parks Foundation, which uh, position she had held since 1998, along with many other boards on which she served over the years as a San Antonio icon. She has buildings named for her and streets in the town, including the Lila Cockrell Theater, Named in her honor at the Convention Center in downtown San Antonio, she was inducted into the Texas Women's Hall of Fame in 1984. She is now 97 years old and, of course, still very well known in the city of San Antonio. So there has been some consternation and uh, even anger Uh, Since last week, when, according to the San Antonio News Express in a piece that I tweeted out over the weekend uh, from my account at the Brad blog, where you can tweet me as well, uh, I tweeted this out. It has gone wickedly viral ever since. So I thought, yeah, maybe I'll share it with you. As reported by the News Express, the 97 year old former mayor of San Antonio, Lila Cockrell, was turned away from the polls last week for lack of the type of identification now required under Texas law. Outrage over Texas's 
Voter ID law was reignited in San Antonio last Thursday after the city's 97-year-old former mayor was turned away from a polling site for lack of ID. She was one of more than 12,000 people who uh, flocked to the polls on Wednesday to vote in San Antonio's mayoral runoffs. But she did not get to cast a ballot when she couldn't present an authorized form of ID. Cockrell said, I'm 97. I don't drive anymore. I haven't been on a cruise or anything in years, so she didn't need an ID. She did show them the voter registration card ID that was sent to her by the county, but that is no longer enough to be able to cast a vote in Texas under their photo ID voting restriction law, which has several times been found to be an unconstitutional poll tax by a federal judge, but which was allowed to stand nonetheless after review by the very right-wing uh, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in uh, in Texas, and of course after the U.S. Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act in 2013. Jacques Kalanen, the elections administrator in Bear County, said the incident was unfortunate, but officials don't have the same discretion that they had in the past. Uh, it was uncomfortable for the election officials to tell her no. Obviously, they knew who she was, Kalanen said. But the law is the law. The election officials did what they're supposed to do. There previously was a method for election officials to account for people that they knew personally, according to Kalanen. But that discretion in the law was removed as the state tightened ID requirements Kalanen said there was always a provision when someone came in to vote that if election officials knew that who that person was, they just checked a box if they didn't have an ID. That's how it used to be. They took that provision away. Now, that is actually a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, it, it would have allowed someone like Cockrell, the mayor that everyone in the town knows, the 97-year-old mayor, to actually cast her vote. That would be a good thing. Uh, but it also meant that because it was at the discretion of election officials, others might be barred. So now everyone is barred unless they come up with the very specific type of IDs now required for voting in Texas, which the 97-year-old Mayor Cockrell did not have. The episode sparked indignation among officials in San Antonio. Henry Cisneros, uh, another former mayor, called the situation with Cockrell a horrible incident, uh, saying uh, she was sent home and not allowed to vote. There's something wrong with our system here when something like this happens, he said. Bear County Judge Nelson Wolf, who succeeded Cockrell as mayor in 1991, echoed that sentiment, saying, you know, that is a crying sh such a crying shame. Something uh, should have been done to help her. It's just terrible. Texas's uh, photo ID restriction was first passed in 2011 and then amended after a federal court declared it unlawful. It requires residents to bring one of now just seven forms of ID to the polls. Acceptable forms include a Texas driver's license, a passport, a Texas Department of Public Safety issued ID card, as well as a concealed weapon permit. While the voter registration ID card sent to voters uh, that used to be allowed, that is no longer allowable. So she 
registered to vote. She received a voter registration card from the county with her name on it, her address on it. She brought that in. She showed that to them as she has for 60 years, and that was not enough. She was not allowed to vote. So that means, uh, as federal judge Nelva Gonzalez-Ramos determined after trial in this case challenging the law, that between 600 and 800,000 legally registered Texas voters no longer have the ID required to cast a regular vote at the polling place in the Lone Star State. It also means, as the judge also confirmed, that some three million eligible voters in Texas who may not be registered yet also lack the necessary ID to vote uh, on a normal ballot. Lydia uh, Camarillo, the president of the Southwest Voter Registration uh, Education Project, said Cockrell's experience underscores how the voter ID law makes it more difficult for people to vote. They were one of the groups that challenged the uh, photo ID law in court. And while most arguments focused on the disproportionate effect on Latino and black voters, Camarillo said, yes, elderly people are also affected. Now, uh, it does. Is that it, Lynette, you say, is on the on the line here? And, and, yes. and she has a comment on uh, on this call? Yes. Or she is a, a 97-year-old? No, she's she is not a 97 Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I saw that. I was like, wait, is she 97? Let me, well, let's see what Lynette has to say. Hey, Lynette, welcome to the broadcast, as long as you called in. You're not 97 years old, right? No. Okay. Thank you, for taking my call. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm just really outraged and sickened by this whole aspect of an innocent 97-year-old woman cannot vote. Yep. And this is this is at the height of our, you know, I, I say a disenfranchisement of our democratic franchise, you know. Yep. And uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. This woman should be able to vote anywhere, anytime she gets ready. <laughs> yeah. She has earned that right. She, she's been a citizen here at more than any time anybody can count, paid more taxes than anybody. She's lived that long, yep. you know. And to me... Probably what we're going to have to do is start voting uh, uh, absentee, especially when it comes to seniors, until we can get a lawsuit against the government for violating uh, age. You know, well, you know what we have, we have, we have the lawsuits, uh, Lynette, and in fact, uh, in Texas, the voting rights advocates won all of the lawsuits. This law was found unconstitutional. Well, talking about ageism, Brad. This, yeah. is, this is a whole nother deal. Ageism and disability. This is going to the heart of their rights. It usually we hear it from a minority, just like with the census. We hear about undercounting of minorities and homeless people all the time, and it's been even more verified. Mm-hmm. You know, just recently with that expose about uh, uh, about uh, Wilbur Ross and the, the Republicans. You know, yeah. with them trying to uh, put that legal status on the uh, census. Right. Well, you don't hear much about ageism, yep. you know, being an issue, just like what happened in Georgia when you expose that and, um, and, um, and, and, and how that woman who had uh, fought and, and marched with uh, Dr. King yep. and, and everything, I think she was almost 100 years old. Yep. And you put it out there, and it's a pattern. It's it it absolutely is a pattern, Lynette. 
And uh, I, this is ageism. Well, there you go. That add it, add it to the score. It's ageism. It's racism. I mean, uh, in in every regard, they the bad guys here in this case are the Republicans are trying to keep certain people from vote voting, and they are being successful at it. Thanks, Lynette. I, I appreciate the call a lot. The Gray Panthers. Uh, the, uh, the Gray Panthers. Yep. Let's bring them on. Uh, and here's the thing. Here's one of the things that really drives me crazy about. Well, actually, let me finish one more point of this story, and then I'll tell you what drives me crazy. Um, so Cockrell said that she brought her voter registration card to the early uh, voting poll site on Wednesday when she was turned away. Uh, clearly has the right to vote. She had the voter registration card with her that used to be allowed in Texas. It is no longer allowed. And then on uh, Thursday, after she was turned away, well, she was finally able to locate her passport, um, which should, as the San Antonio Express News says, enable her to vote even if it's expired. Voters can use expired documents as long as they're not more than four years out of date, according to the latest version of the Texas law. But that limit, that four-year limit, does not apply to people who are over 70. So that should get her one of these so-called free IDs in order to be able to cast her vote. But remember, she's 97. She doesn't drive. She's going to have to go somehow to the Department of Public Safety and wait for hours in Texas if she can get there while they're open to try to get one of these so-called free IDs, which you can't get unless you pay money for a birth certificate or a passport or something like that. So what happened? Well, officials from the Texas Department of Public Safety went to her house, her condo, on Thursday to help her submit paperwork for a DPS-issued ID. They actually went to her house to help her. That's nice. Cockrell uh, said she takes the right to vote very seriously. She said she'll return to the polls again uh, if and when she can get a ride. Early voting for the runoffs continue through Tuesday. Election day is June 8th. So luckily, she went to vote early and then found out about the problem. Uh, luckily, she didn't wait till election day to find out about the problem when there would have been no remedy. Also uh, lucky that as a distinguished former mayor and political icon in the city of uh, San Antonio, state officials were willing to come to her house to help her fill out the needed paperwork to allow her to vote. I suspect that never happens for anybody else. Nor are most of the people who are turned away like this ever heard from again. They don't get newspaper articles written about them highlighting their, the, the problems they had voting in Texas and in many other states where Republicans have instituted voting restrictions to purposely prevent certain voters, usually Democratic-leaning voters, from being able to cast their legal vote. Now, after I posted this story to Twitter late on Saturday, as I said, it went just crazy viral. One commenter going by the name of Ninewire said in response, there's not a person in San Antonio who doesn't know who Lila Cockrell is. There are buildings named for her. She's still very active in the community. A legend. How someone could turn her away is just stupid. Uh, well, it's uh, stupid, but it is purposeful. And uh, the law is succeeding as the Republicans hope that it would. So uh, it may be stupid, uh, but it's now the law. And it will almost certainly uh, remain that way uh, through the 2020 elections. 
It was also hardly the uh, only uh, it was not the first time that distinguished and well-known former politicians have had the very same problem in Texas. Back in 2013, as I reported at the time uh, at Bradblog.com, former U.S. House Speaker Jim Wright, he was denied a photo ID for voting purposes in Texas when he went to get one at the Department of Public Safety. He was 90 years old at the time back in 2013. Uh, he was lucky enough to have an assistant to drive him to and from the DPS office. And he says that while he believed he would be able to get an ID in time to vote in the uh, Tuesday election back in November of 2013, he was concerned that the state's unduly stringent requirements on voters, as he described them, would reduce turnout. In his case, uh, his driver's license had also expired back in 2010. Uh, and before they had changed the law in uh, in in uh, in Texas, because he no longer drives, he hadn't bothered to renew it. Well, that expired license was not enough to obtain a photo ID to vote in Texas. There are all kinds of problems with this. And I could go on and on through the 117th District Court Judge Sandra Watts was forced to sign an affidavit when trying to vote early after the name on her driver's license didn't match the one that she was registered under. This is in Corpus Christi, Texas. Also back in 2013, her driver's license included her maiden name as her middle name, which was once required by Texas law. But her voter registration didn't have that uh, maiden name as her middle name. So she was not allowed to vote with a normal ballot. She had to vote on a provisional ballot. As I say, this is on purpose. It also happened to uh, Texas's 2014 Democratic gubernatorial candidate, Wendy Davis, when uh, she tried to vote. Uh, Also, by the way, also happened to the Republican gubernatorial candidate who is now governor, but he was then the attorney general, Greg Abbott. He had been defending the state's photo ID law against several lawsuits. He also had to fill out a provisional ballot for lack of ID. But at least those people were allowed to vote, even if they had to take the extra time to sign an affidavit. Some people will never even show up to the polls to vote. Or if they show up and are turned away, we will never hear about them. So we don't know how many people can't vote because of laws like this. So, uh, yeah, you may be able to get a free ID to vote, as uh, so many people responded, uh, right wingers, uh, MAGA folks on on uh, on Twitter. But the the hoops you have to jump through, especially in Texas, where in some cases it is a three mile uh, round trip to the to the nearest Department of Public Safety to get I one of these three. I think you mean a three-hour three round what trip. What did I say? Three mile. Three mile. Well, three hour. Thank <laughs> three you, Three hour round trip. Especially because Texas is so big. There are some places, some counties, where your county seat is going to be 100-something miles away yeah. from you. Yes, it's a three-hour round trip. You have to take off work, by the way, That's in the middle of the drive. week. That's you if you drive. You have to find somebody to drive you, and there aren't any buses out there. Well, and these people don't drive because they don't have driver's license. They wouldn't have this problem if that was the case. So you know what? For a 97-year-old with a walker, even a three-mile round trip is going to be pretty rough. But yeah, a three-hour round trip, absolutely rough. Man, uh, and you know, and I had wanted to talk about impeachment and Virginia. I see a lot of folks calling in on this. So why don't we just take some calls while we're here on this? Our phone number is 818-985-5735. 
Let's go to uh, Mike in L.A. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. Hi. Yeah, I was just wondering whether it's pure coincidence that the Republicans want to raid the Social Security Trust Fund, and in all these Republican-controlled legislatures, they're passing laws which discriminate against older people voting. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting because normally Republicans are scared to death of uh, of, of older voters. Uh, in this case, when it comes to I- voter ID issues, they don't seem to care. When it comes to cutting off Social Security, I think they may they do care. Because if you'll notice, all of their proposed plans are something like, uh, well, they will take effect. They, they won't affect. They're trying to tell, oh, this won't affect uh, older voters, older people. It will only take effect if you're something like 55 or younger right now. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I think they are scared of older voters. They should be scared of older voters. But I think when it comes to the Social Security issue, no, that's just a, that's just a matter of, of being cruel bastards, frankly. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the call. Let's go to uh, Rick, also in uh, L.A. Hey, Rick, welcome to the broadcast. Is that me? That's you, Rick. What's up? You know, Brad, you know, all this talk about voting and, you know, voting is a franchise. You don't get a franchise for free. It's taxing. Everything is tax, tax, tax. And and voting, all they do is, is change the rules, and then they win on that. So this is a joke on the people, this voting thing. Well, I, yeah. I, I don't understand what you mean by, what do you mean it's a joke on on the people? And you don't, it, 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 it is free. It's supposed to be free. It's a right. It's not a privilege. Everyone is supposed to have the right to vote, and yet it's being taken away from people, uh, I would argue, unlawfully and unconstitutionally. You have to sign over your, register your estate, turn over your estate to the state in order for the privilege to vote. That's how they get away with all this trickery. Well, I don't know that you have to turn over your estate uh, to anyone, Rick. So I'm, I'm sort of unclear of the point you're trying to make. What does the word register mean, Brad? It means you register, you sign up to vote. What am I missing, Rick? It means you turn over to the state. Your estate, that's what it is. Go look it up. Okay, I I will. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate the call. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I have, you know, I could go through story after story. Uh, as as Lynette note, noted, uh, I have been covering this for so many years and so many of these heartbreaking stories. Uh, the 92-year-old woman uh, who I reported on at Brad Blog in, uh, back in 2014 who tried and tried and tried but had failed to obtain one of those so-called free photo IDs at the Texas Department of Public Safety because she was 92 years old and she was uh, born without a uh, birth certificate uh, back in a, a, a country birth at home. And uh, so she could not even pay money which, by the way, is a poll tax. But she could not even pay money to get a birth certificate because one did not exist. She was finally, only because her story got so much notice, she was finally able to get an ID to vote despite the lack of birth certificate because the state, uh, because it got all of this uh, press and this media coverage, so the state was able to find her birthday in a U.S. Census document Back in the 1940s, 
Mind you, she had her Social Security card. She had utility bills. She had a Medicare card. But she was not allowed to uh, get a, a proper photo ID until uh, they found her U.S. Census information from 1940. All right, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back. I, I do want to get to impeachment. So if you'd like to call in, I know a lot of you have uh, lined up in that uh, order. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Don't touch that dial. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. I see a lot of bad moons rising. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I had wanted to talk about uh, this uh, just after we got off the air on Friday, this horrific shooting in Virginia. Um. And, you know, it's 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 maddening. Uh, as as you know, uh, by now, uh, 12 people were killed uh, in uh, before this gun battle with police. Four have been injured, uh, severely, uh, critically injured. We're in surgery all weekend. The shooter in this case was armed with two lawfully purchased 45 caliber semi-automatic pistols. One of them had a, a sound suppressor or a silencer. Uh, and extended magazines. But, uh, of course, had the state not been so gerrymandered by Republicans over the past decade, the shooting itself might not have happened at all, or at least it might not have been as much of a slaughter as it turned out to be uh, a bill uh, back in January. And this has happened year after year in Virginia. It has been blocked by the Republicans. But back in January, a bill designed to ban the sale of large-capacity magazines like those used by the Virginia Beach gunmen. Uh, that bill died in committee in January on a party-line vote. This has happened uh, year after year. The Democrats there introduced these bills. They are blocked by Republicans who have had control of both houses in, uh, in Virginia now for much of the past decade because of the gerrymandering of the state. Even though uh, back in uh, last year, uh, 20, well, as uh, 2017, they have off-year elections in Virginia. Back in 2017, even though Democrats received more votes than Republicans and won all of the statewide offices, governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, the Republicans, thanks to gerrymandering, still ended up recor- uh, 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 controlling uh, both of the chambers of the uh, state legislature and have stopped all gun safety laws, like common sense laws for background checks for all gun purchases, limiting 
uh, magazine size to just 10 rounds. Just 10. That's not enough. You can't, even though you can have as many of those magazines as you want, 10 rounds in each one, that would be too restrictive for the Republicans in Virginia, which, by the way, houses the uh, headquarters of the NRA. So uh, that, by the way, uh, came after the Virginia Tech shooting. How long ago was that? Back in, uh, I want to say, 2003 or so, which was the largest mass murder in the U.S. at the time. Even after that, they refused to change the laws. Actually, some of the laws uh, they finally did change. For example, in 2012, under Republican Governor Bob McDonald, who left office Uh, facing felony indictment, Uh, but he signed a bill that repealed the state's one-per-month limit on handgun purchases. So you could only buy one handgun per month in Virginia for a while, but that was not enough. By being able to buy 12 semi-automatic handguns per year, that's too restrictive. So the Republicans lifted that uh, back in 2017 and... um, I'm sorry, that was back in 2012. Democrats have been trying to put that back in place ever since. And this is where we now are. Uh, so, all right, I'd rather get to I'd rather listen to the calls than listener to listen to me. I can listen to me every day. Don't look at me that way, Desi Doy. And I know what <laughs> well, you're thinking. I know what's going through you. Ready your... to talk. All right, let's uh, let's get to some of those. A few more uh, a few more uh, uh, voter suppression calls here before we move to impeachment and 2020, et cetera. Let's go to Andrew in West L.A. Hey, Andrew, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I uh, have a comment. I was just telling the young lady that I listen to a lot of programs, and they're informative, and uh, they're very helpful. Thank what you. What I don't hear, what yeah. I think I should hear over and over again, is vote these people out who are elected, who pass these laws. Yep. We should have, in every hamlet, town, city, whatever, organizations. You say, this person, you keep up with what this elected official does. The other one keeps up with the other elected official. Meet about four times a year, three or four times a year. Go over these records with people so they will know the records. And when people don't vote in your interest, vote them out. You know, you've got people. Yep. You've got people three and four times they are reelected, and they are not voting in the interest of the people, and yet people are voting for them again. We need to get these people out. Well, we need to get them out, but here's the problem, Andrew. If they're not allowed to vote, if they have a hard time being able to vote, if we don't know if their votes are counted and counted accurately— uh, you know, and so I, I don't want to I hate to blame voters. I think voters are turning out. Voters did turn out in 2018. Um, but I do blame I don't mind blame, blaming people who make it difficult to vote. I don't mind making uh, blaming people who don't properly explain what is going on and who are and aren't the bad guys here. I have no problem. You know, I've been talking about Republicans this whole time. I have no problem talking about uh, problems that I have with Democrats, but they are not the ones who are keeping people from voting at this time, Andrew. I agree with that. But we need to get organized just like these people are organized who don't vote in our interest. And uh, long before all these voter suppression laws came in, this was occurring. 
We need to get organized and get these people out of office because they are the ones that make the laws. Thank you. We are the ones that put them in there, and we should be the ones to vote them out. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate the call, sir, uh, very much. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Speaking of, uh, yeah, they should be voted out, the bad guys, but if the media aren't doing their job— uh, to inform the voters, the voters probably don't know about a lot of this stuff. Uh, case in point is this amazing, you know, I, I brought this up last week, Thursday or Friday on, on the show. I, 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 I hate talking about it. I hate talking about impeachment. I hate talking about Donald Trump in any way, shape or form. I hate talking about Robert Mueller and his investigation of the president. But as was made clear uh, from this comment uh, from this uh, Republican woman who who uh, showed up at a town hall event to hear Justin Amash last week. Now, Justin Amash is a Republican. He's a Tea Party Republican. He's a cons- very conservative Republican. He has been out there making the best case for impeachment against Donald Trump that I have heard. I wish Democrats were out there making the case. Uh, For example, on Twitter, if you don't follow Justin Amash, you should. He has been making a clear, concise, cogent um, explanation for why Donald Trump must be impeached. That after Justin Amash, a Republican, finally bothered to read the Mueller report, unlike, I suspect, almost all of his colleagues. So he currently is the only Republican, at least elected Republican in Congress, who is calling for impeachment. Uh, and he held a, a, a town hall last Tuesday, I think it was, back in his uh, home district in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, when I saw and then heard this comment from this voter who is a Republican who says she plans to support Donald Trump in 2020. But when I heard what she had to say, I realized, you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm sick of talking about Donald Trump or Robert Mueller or anyone else. Uh, I need to talk about this because apparently voters are not getting the news about the fact that we have a hardened criminal in the White House right now, which was uh, shown in multiple examples, multiple evidence uh, in the Robert Mueller report. Here's what Republican Kathy Garnett had to say after hearing Justin Amash, Republican, at his town hall last week in Grand Rapids. I was surprised to hear there was anything negative in the Mueller report at all about President Trump. I hadn't heard that before, and I mainly listened to um, conservative news, and I hadn't heard anything um, negative about that report, and President Trump had been exonerated. Really? She had not heard anything negative in that report. She thought that Donald Trump had been exonerated. She mainly listens to what she calls conservative media outlets. And they didn't bother to tell her that Robert Mueller came up with instance after instance after instance of criminal obstruction of justice. And the only reason that he did not uh, bring indictments was because of the stupid Department of Justice policy that makes it uh, that 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 bars uh, anyone from being able to bring an indictment against the sitting president, even though the Constitution says nothing of the sort. Really, she had no idea. She did not even know that there was bad stuff in there. 
She had no idea that Robert Mueller made clear in the report that if he could have cleared the president, he would have, but he couldn't, and instead showed instance after instance of criminal obstruction of justice carried out by this president of the United States. She had no idea. Apparently, she had no idea. And that's just one reason that Democrats need to get busy and start with an, an official impeachment proceeding so that maybe even Fox News won't be able to avoid telling the truth about what has happened under this criminal scofflaw president both before and after he became president. Uh, here was Bill Weld, and, and it's amazing that we have to turn to uh, Republicans again to make these cases. But here was uh, Bill Weld, William Weld, a, a longtime Republican, former Massachusetts governor. He appeared on uh, Bill Maher's Real Time on HBO this weekend. He, he is challenging Donald Trump for the Republican 2020 nomination. But even he is calling for accountability uh, for this president so I'm not sure why it's so difficult for Democrats. The Mueller report that just came out, 1,000 former federal prosecutors have just signed a letter saying that this man committed obstruction of justice on multiple occasions, according to the Mueller right. report. And that's one and most of them are career prosecutors. There's only like 40 who are like me who are confirmed by the Senate, so-called political appointees. But 1,000 career prosecutors have said that. So you know that he committed obstruction of justice. I would have charged him if I'd been in Mueller's... Uh, I, I, I have said the same thing. 1,000. That's 1,000 former federal prosecutors who have now said that were it not for that DOJ guideline barring uh, uh, foolishly, barring uh, indictments charging a, a sitting president, that they would have indicted them based on the evidence that that woman in Michigan did not know even exist. That w in that report that that woman thought had nothing but nice things to say about Donald Trump after two years. That's why you need independent media. That's why you need Pacifica Radio. That's why you need KPFK and all of the Pacifica Radio affiliates and other independent outlets that we that the broadcast is heard on five days a week. Uh, because apparently the corporate media ain't getting it done. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready for this uh, president to finally be held accountable, at least with an impeachment inquiry? Can we do that much? Let's go to Joanne in uh, in Burbank. Hey, Joanne, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. I want to uh, quickly, uh, well, you know, they used to have mobile voting vans down in Texas and they reduced or they wiped them out of the budget. I just wanted to bring that up. And I think they should be brought back across the country so that people like this elderly woman could, everybody could use a, a, a mobile van. If we had more mobile vans, then we wouldn't have all these people uh, disenfranchised. But I wanted to make a comment about Nancy Pelosi and about the Mueller thing quickly. Mm -hmm. Mueller used the word policy. It is not our policy to prosecute a sitting president. Right. Policy is not law and policy is not constitutional. There are rules in the Constitution that allow for Trump to be uh, impeached, and that's the obligation yep. of the House. The other thing I'd like to say is, Nancy, I'm hearing rumors, maybe stepping down or not to after two years. Is she up for the vote? Because 
she's coming across like the Neville Chamberlain appeaser of our time, and I think that's <laughs> a good label. She is appeasing you know, the other side. Yeah, you know, I would not uh, call her appeasing. I mean, she has called and she did appear, and I had hoped to, or it may have to wait till tomorrow's broadcast, but I had hoped to uh, cover a little bit about what went on at the Democratic um, State Party Convention out here in uh, California, up in San Francisco. She was there. She spoke. Uh, she she was just moments into her speech, according to Washington Post, when someone yelled out, impeach Donald Trump. And uh, she promised that Trump would be held accountable for his actions. But the I word never left her lips, according to uh, Washington Post. I don't know that calling her an appeaser is is right here. Uh, you might end up being right after all, Joanne. But uh, she has allowed the investigations to continue. Uh, yeah, this is timely. Mm-hmm. We only what if the house turns over? Uh, well, yeah, no, I, I don't think you should wait beyond 2020. But I, what I'm saying, uh, but, you know, they don't have to. Democrats do not have to uh, listen to the House speaker if they don't want to. And I think we're getting to the point where uh, they are going to turn the House Speaker on this. I mean, you've got 55, uh, at least 55 Democrats in the House now saying we should start an impeachment inquiry. Many of them are committee chairmen. There's some 11 on the House Judiciary Committee calling for it. Jerry Nadler, the chairman, is said to be in favor of it. Uh, I think what will what may end up happening here, Joanne, is that we get to a point where Nancy Pelosi can say, look, I tried to do everything I could to prevent this moment to uh, keep us from having to impeach a president because that's a very serious thing. But this president has given us no choice. I think she may get to that point. Or you may be right, Joanne. Maybe she's an appeaser. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the call. 818-985-5735. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back with a few more of your calls before we are done here on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized commercial free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com slash donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. I'm it. Welcome back. It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Taking your calls at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. I should also note uh, that um, Nancy Pelosi's position here seems to be becoming more and more untenable by the day with all of these uh, presidential candidates now calling for an impeachment Inquiry to begin. Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, who was, by the way, first and loudest among the uh, 2020 uh, candidates. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, Beto O'Rourke, Julian Castro. 
uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, uh, Bernie Sanders, who had who had opposed impeachment uh, proceedings, has now finally said, yes, the House should begin impeachment proceedings. 818-985-5735. Let's go to uh, Gigi in Pasadena. Hey, Gigi, welcome back to the broadcast. Hi there, Brad. <laughs> I love you guys as always. Geez, Brad. Yeah. You have given three different topics. You could do each show, a show for the next three weeks. Yeah, so I'm gonna say I know. No kidding. Yeah, they deserve it, each <laughs> show. But let me try to uh, get it. I called because it started out with voting. Yeah. My grandchildren are all in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Got them all registered. We voted for Hillary. Uh, we voted for Hillary the last time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Now when I say, you know, it's coming up, I, you know what they say to me? They're in their 20s. 20s. They know what's going on to some degree. Not as much as me, but anyway. Uh, they say, Gigi... We voted last time. She won by somewhere between three and four million votes. Yeah. Yet he got in. Brad, yeah. I'm going to go through three points and I'm going to hop off and let you address them. Go ahead. My first, my first one is please get, tell me what to tell them so that they get inspired by voting. Between that and also uh, the, 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 the gerrymandering and all of that kind of thing, it doesn't seem to work. She won by three. How do you argue with that? You know, secondly, yeah. impeachment, darling, impeachment. They were sworn, everyone in that house was sworn to take, they took a note to do the right thing. We all know the right thing at this time is impeachment. We know that that is the, the right thing to do. And that is uh, what they should uh, be talking about. You know, I think we're fighting for the very soul of the Democratic Party. I myself, Brad, I'm 71 now. If we don't do the right thing, we know uh, beyond a reasonable doubt this man has done a list, just list of things. You, it, it, it's, it's, the evidence is incontrovertible. Gigi, we, we, we are not fighting for the soul of the Democratic Party. I am fighting for the soul of this country and uh, for its very existence as the uh, nation, the so-called beacon of democracy that it has uh, pretended to be for so long. Uh, I'm still fighting for that, and we are losing it. It is uh, slipping away day by day. Uh, Gigi, I think uh, Desi had the, uh, a response. Uh, she rang in on the monitor here with why your, uh, did you say it was your, your kids or your? My, my grandson, my grandchildren. Your grandchildren, why they, here's one reason uh, that Desi will give you uh, why they needed why they need to turn out and vote. You can tell them that the only only way that they can deal with climate change is to vote out Trump, to show up to vote for politicians who will do and act on climate change. But what if they vote, Desi, like they did the last time and they vote and let's say that the, the, the Democratic nominee gets four million more votes, yet somehow Trump gets in again? Well, there are more... There are more people in office than just Trump. There are state officials. There are local officials. And if they don't show up to vote for their state officials and local officials, they will also find they won't be able to get action on climate change. So that way, if you show up, then you can have an action. If you don't show up, then you've got nothing. You're, you're, I see your argument because we vote for more than just the president. And I haven't gotten into all of that other, geez, it was just a miracle. I worked so hard to get all four of them to go the last time (laughs) on that. But now I will expand it. I will give you that. That's a pretty good. Yeah, I I just need to have something to say to them that they don't think that, you know, I'm losing it and everything and lock grandma in the room because she's talking 
Grandma isn't losing it. Grandma's uh, doing a hell of a good job, Gigi. Thanks for calling in, uh, Grandma. I appreciate it. I really do. Good to hear from you. Send on that advice from Desi. She always has uh, something smart to say when I let her have time. Let's go to Tim in Tustin. Hey, Tim, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Oh, Tim. Oh, my. Is he okay? Is he in a wind tunnel? Tim? There we go. Okay, I got you, Tim. What's up, brother? Oh, they take a long time. Uh, what happens if we go into the election while we're under impeachment trials? Does that hurt Trump? Does that help Trump? What happens there? All right, I'm going to let you go and, and uh, take the answer off air just because your phone is uh, so troublesome there. But uh, no, I don't think it will go up until the uh, up until the election. It is actually under the control uh, once this starts, if the, if it uh, if the the U.S. House votes for uh, for impeachment for an impeachment trial, it then gets sent to the U.S. Senate. There will be a trial in the U.S. Senate presided over by the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. The prosecutors in the U.S. Senate are essentially um, uh, members of the U.S. House. They call them House managers, and they make the case in the U.S. Senate. They can call up um, uh, witnesses, including the President of the United States himself. And that is all a procedure that is, in general, would be controlled and overseen by uh, by the Chief Justice of the United States, uh, of the U.S. Supreme Court. That said, Mitch McConnell would have to allow the trial to begin. And as we know, Mitch McConnell, the Republican uh, majority leader in the Senate who controls it, uh, has had no problem breaking all precedent that has existed up until this time. Uh, witness, you know, not uh, allowing a uh, even a hearing, much less a vote on Barack Obama's U.S. Supreme Court nominee. So even if the U.S. House votes for uh, impeachment, I'm not sure there's a guarantee that Mitch McConnell will have the trial that would seem to be mandated uh, in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, in any event, I think it will, would be over one way or another long before the uh, the elections, whether it would help or hurt uh, Republicans or Democrats. I think it will only help Democrats to get the information out about the crimes that this guy has committed. Um, Nancy Pelosi seems to feel differently. All right, very quickly, one more call. Of course, uh, let's get to Mo. Hey, Morris, we haven't talked to you for a long time during the uh, fun drive. Good to talk to you, my friend. What's on your mind, brother? We got about 30 seconds best. You know me. I'm, I'm in and out, Burger. Look here, leave that man alone. He's the president of the United States. He's got more protections than anybody you could imagine. You go after Steve Mnuchin. That's something that the whole country can get on board with. We're going to get your boy Barr later, but go after Steve Mnuchin first. Have Nancy start clearing out that jail uh, down at the bottom and have the sergeant of arms go pick his ass up. Start with Steve Mnuchin first, and then we go from there, Brad. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks, Mo. You rock. Uh, yeah, in fact, over the weekend, Eric Swalwell, who is on the House Judiciary Committee, uh, called for the impeachment of Mnuchin and Attorney General Bill Barr. Start with them, training wheels, then go to impeach the President of the United States. All sounds like good ideas to me. We will uh, pick up these good ideas or bad ideas on our next thrilling broadcast tomorrow. I 
hope you will join me for that. Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our soundboard operator, Ricky Harara. Good job, my friend. And to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Bradblog. That's it. Until we meet again tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.